0: Hey, this is Nikhil Agarwal, the Sports Director at KVRX and co-host of the Pretty Good Radio Show, which is available on the KVRX Sports podcast stream. Anyway, I'm here to present to you the first KVRX podcast series, Heavy Rotation. This show was born out of endless discussions on our station's Discord channel about albums we cannot stop listening to, and so we decided to start recording conversations about them. Heavy Rotation will feature DJs from the station and other guests to discuss albums that have been on repeat in our headphones. In this episode, I talk to my friend and co-host Adam Halimi about Eve Toomer and his last two albums. Subscribe to the feed to keep up with the series and stay tuned for this first episode. Thanks.
1: All right, so up next is a segment we call Heavy Rotation. It's pretty much just what we've been playing the most lately. And so originally, we were each going to bring an album. But when I brought up Eve Toomer, Nikhil decided to scrap his and turn it into a segment that appreciates Eve. So we're going to be going through some things you need to know about Eve Toomer in case you didn't already know. And we'll be touching on his last two albums. So first off, three things you need to know about Eve Toomer. Well, what do you think, Nikhil? Nikhil?
0: Well, okay, so first of all, I really like Eves Tumor or Eve Tumor. Um, we actually recently found out Eve is not pronounced Yves or Yves. Uh, it's I've pronounced- been saying
1: yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's pronounced Eve. We had to w- watch like a French pronunciation video over this. But man, like when you try to find out information about this artist, it is incredibly difficult just because he's incredibly enigmatic. To this point, like you don't really know his real name. And I'm going to read a Pitchfork article that kind of describes the enigma of Eve tumor. So they ask, is, it's hard to find out exactly where you live. I heard, you know, you've been hanging out in Turin, Italy, Los Angeles, and now you're hanging out in Berlin. And Eve responds, yeah, a lot of people are confused by my actual whereabouts, but that's okay do you have a permanent home? Yes. Where is it? He responds, question mark, question mark, question mark, dash, it's private. It seems like a lot of things about you, uh, there are a lot of things about you that are private. I couldn't even uh, definitively determine that your name is Sean. He responds, that is one of my names. Why don't you want people to know your name? And I mean, I understand this, but he says, I don't keep anything from people. The people who should know my name and where I live know those things. But as far as journalists and bloggers, I may fabricate things at times. I'm not trying to be like burial or anything, but I really don't like people being involved in my personal life unless they're very close to me. And I've known them for a long time just out of respect. And yeah, like, I mean, come on. like this He's an incredibly enigmatic guy. And uh, just... Shout out to the contributor. This is by Alex Frank, who interviewed him back in 2017.
1: I feel like Eve's Eve is in his like his right to say all of that, though. What do you think?
0: No, I, I completely agree, and I think that it adds to his music. And I, I think it, we didn't do a great introduction to him, but he is an experimental artist, and he makes like very good music. Um, but it is one of those like one of those artists that has a kind of a high threshold to enter into just because so much of his music is such a in a broad spectrum but when you try to find out more about him as a person it's difficult i mean and i think that he does this thing where a lot of artists think that the art should speak for itself that the person behind the art isn't the product but it's hard in music, especially when, uh, you know, so much of it relies on live performances. So much of it relies, so much of the press behind artists relies on them being a figure rather than just an artist. But it seems like he's kind of turned that on its head where he's putting on an act where it seems like he is only revealing what he needs to reveal to us as the audience.
1: Great. It reminds me of um, like the beginning of the internet era, how like people like Michael Jackson were able to seem like these godly figures because we only saw what they wanted us to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to control the narrative. And he's kind of taken that back. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd agree he is in enema- an enigmatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard word. Yeah, no, it's a hard word. Um, you know, at, at one of his concerts, he actually bit someone in the neck.
0: That is pretty mysterious, man. I, I don't know why you'd do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually right before the coronavirus, like big, you know, US shutdown happened. He bit mm-hmm. someone in the neck. So they knew about the virus. He just bit someone.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think that that's going to be the fourth thing that you need to know about Eve Tumor is that he bit someone in the neck at his concert. But shout out to him. Okay, second thing that you need to know about Eve Tumor is... He is an experimental artist that happens to make incredibly good pop, R&B, and instrumental music. And seriously, like when you listen to his albums, and we're going to bring these up uh, a little bit later, one is Safe in the Hands of Love and the other is uh, Heaven to a Tortured Mind. You'll be going through it and halfway through you'll think it's an experimental album and then he'll hit you with an incredibly good pop song or an R&B song and I think I'll bring this up right now with the song with the album safe in the hands of love there's a song called licking an orchid and it goes in with this very sweet you know melodic you know it's just a good pop song and then halfway through with the bridge it is absolutely terrifying there are screams there are you know it sounds like someone's dying and it just shows you like you have no idea where you are in this uh album it shows you like how disorienting it is and it On top of that, it shows the incredible range of Eve Toomer. Even before these two albums that we're going to talk about, there was a song uh, album called um, Serpent Music that had the song, The Feeling When You Walk Away. He had a a song on a collaborative album called Limerence. And these are both incredibly beautiful instrumentals. And so it just comes out that he is an experimental artist that happens to make very good pop and R&B music.
1: I'll get right into it. Um, Heaven to a Tortured Mind. One of my favorite albums this year. I think I I discovered that relatively early in the year. And I think it's one of the few albums I've been able to come back to every month. And every time I listen to it, I appreciate it a little more. You know, front to back, just great. I think Kerosene itself as a single is a perfect song. What makes you say that? i think it's a pop song kind of a pop rock song and i think for what he was going for he did a great job it's catchy but it's not annoying um the instrumental and production itself is amazing and the lyrics themselves they're they're pretty good you know i'm a fan of that song it's a great one but I think some of my other favorites are The Romanticist, Dream Palette, and the, the outro to the album, actually, A Greater Love, and they're all very different, and I think that's one of the things you mentioned already, and it's something I really appreciate. It, yeah.
0: Do you think he is a rock artist? Do you think that he is genre-less? Do you think that, like, what is he bringing to this modern age?
1: Well, a lot like basketball, you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> we're moving back to, to basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way basketball is moving to a positionless era, um, you know, music is kind of moving to a genreless era where I think the labels don't have as much say. So the artists could get experimental, you know, like the same way little Nas X can make a country song and then a rap song right after, and then a pop song. I think, uh Eve Toomer can really has the liberty and I still think he's a rock star in every sense of the word, but I think he has the liberty to kind of change what that means, especially now.
0: No, I, I totally agree. And I think that your analogy with uh just the genreless mixing between, you know, these new albums is been phenomenal i really like that and it speaks towards the age of music that we're in with streaming where you know back in the day you kind of had to decide whether you were a rock head whether you were an indie indie head like what what kind of you were kind of set in your genre because you had to pay for all these albums
1: yeah and if if they didn't deliver you know it's bad on them for (laughs) not giving me my rock album
0: right exactly so you know you go into these cd scores these record stores and you're kind of set in your ways because you know what you want and now with streaming you are allowed to listen to whatever you want. You can transition between a country song and a pop song incredibly quickly. And it seems that Eve Toomer kind of took that under his wing where he's like, okay, you know what? Instead of you flipping between these genres um, on Spotify between different artists, I'm going to provide you the entire experience altogether. And that kind of brings me into my the album that I was going to talk about was uh, his earlier one, Safe in the Hands of Love which was one of the most scary disorienting I agree. Like and, and very beautiful albums that I've heard in a very long time. My roommate Harrison showed it to me and listening to the first two songs on their um, faith in nothing except in salvation and economy of freedom going into it, knowing that it's an experimental album. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. But it is like I said, it's disorienting. You don't know where you're at you don't know what he's trying to do to you and what you're listening to at certain points but there is value there and you know that it's good the screams that come into the background the you know incredible percussional like transitions like they're all good but they also you know kind of pull the rug out under you over and over again and then he goes on this incredible three song stretch when he goes with noid licking an orchid and lifetime you know, three more popular songs in the album and justifiably, because, you know, you have a rock song on there. You have a a mellow, like, I guess, instrumental, you know, love ballad almost and that in Licking an Orchid, and then you have Lifetime, which goes back into rock. What was your experience listening to this? Because, you know, you talked about it a little bit uh, before, and I just want people to know what happened.
1: Yeah, so my first time, well, so I had listened to Heaven to a Tortured Mind first. So in my image, it's, experimental but it's grounded in rock and pop but i think the first time i listened to safe in the hands of love i knew it was more ambitious and more experimental but i didn't understand the the gap between those two <laughs> so yeah. i'm i'm definitely gonna say like it made me a little uncomfortable and a little nervous um, my first listen you know I, I agree with that three song pop run I love that. <laughs> but outside of that, it, it made me a little uneasy listening to the rest of it.
0: No, you're totally right. I mean, I heard the song Economy of Freedom in the car for the first time. So what happened was I actually added the album to my Apple Music to uh, you know listen to it later. And then yeah. I just had it on shuffle. I was in the car. It was like two o'clock in the morning, and the song Economy of Freedom comes on. And, you know, I'm like, okay, let's check it out. It's like one of the first two, so we'll hear it. And it scared the shit out of me, dude. Like, I was terrified. I was in my car just shaking because he does that to you, man. It, It takes you out of it.
1: I think that's exactly what he wants to do. So he's doing a great job. And I hate myself for this comparison, but. It it reminds me a little bit of um, what Kanye did on that one song on Jesus with the, I am a God, with the screams towards the end, Yeah, where if you're not expecting that, it could be very uncomfortable. Awful comparison, but it's what I think of, you know?
0: No, I I totally agree. And I mean, there are artists out there who have done this, you know, screaming on albums and putting in it either subtly or very in your face. I mean, obviously you know, hard metal music, hard rock goes into that screaming. And then you see that even now with um, like indie music with the album Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. She uh, at the last song, uh, this is the end. She puts in some screams there that make it incredibly unsettling. Anytime you add screams into a song, like it's, it's going to take you off guard.
1: It's going to, it's going to make you a little uneasy, no (laughs) doubt.
0: Um, But anyway, this is going to bring us into the third thing and the final thing that you need to know about Eve Toomer And this is that he is an incredible live performer. I saw him live uh, back in 2018, I believe, when he was on this Safe in the Hands of Love tour. You know, immediately, like we were there. I think he was supposed to come on at 1030. He came on at 1130. He was late to the show because he was saying at least his flight from Copenhagen was delayed.
1: Like a rock star, you know, (laughs) you wouldn't get it. It's just a rock star thing.
0: Yep, And I mean, he absolutely made it up. Like he absolutely delivered a incredible performance, high energy. He came in with a wig. He hung the microphone wire from the ceiling of the empire control room room and sang like upwards into it. If you can imagine, like he was, you know, facing up and he got tired of the stage after maybe like three songs and decided to jump into the audience and dance with us while we were performing. He was going all over the place. He, um, went up on one of those like poles and was like swinging off of them it felt like and when he was in that crowd with us it felt like you know a democratization of music where we weren't looking up at him on a stage but we were sharing this experience with him and I like that a lot I like it when the artist isn't too full of themselves when they see you know they don't see themselves as a higher than their audience and you know he's just an incredible performer and I am very happy that I got to see him when he was performing. And I hope for everybody's sake that, you know, this coronavirus ends soon. So you can go see Eve Toomer live when he's deciding to tour again.
1: I do have a quick question. Um, did he bite anyone's neck?
0: <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, but there was some okay. screaming, some crying. But that could have been a side effect of the music or a side effect of... Uh, you know, some biting, but I'm not entirely sure.
1: Okay. Just wondering.
0: Anyway, um, that kind of wraps it up. Do you have any final comments about Eve tumor, Adam?
1: Yeah. I mean, we weren't paid to, to promote him like this. So (laughs) I guess I could say I'd recommend that you check it out. If you have time, either one of the albums.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Um, and then I would also check out his album serpent music. You can't really find it on Spotify or Apple music just because of, some sample clearing issues, but I would do my best to scour for it on YouTube because it is very, very good. And that is it for our first episode of heavy rotation. Uh, you know, subscribe, keep listening. Thank you.